0: What's up, guys? Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, October 7th, as always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. Just me today, again, uh, as it's been for the last couple of weeks, um, with Truman at school, like we said. But, like I said, today is Tuesday, October 2nd, and we got a ton of no- news to go through, and we're going to start in the NFL like we always do on Tuesdays. Um, Order is restored in the NFL, order is restored in life, uh, not just because we had a lot of great NFL games, but because I finally got my first win in fantasy football, my fantasy football league, order's restored, I've been stressing about that for the last couple of weeks, I was 0-3, just not really doing anything, made a couple trades Jared Goff really came through for me in a big way on Thursday night, which all led to a win in fantasy week four. I'm one and three, but I'm up and coming, and it's going to be a wild ride for the rest of the season. But you don't want to hear about my fantasy team. Not really anybody really cares about anybody's fantasy team, so we're going to start In the big leagues with the NFL, we're going to go game by game like we always do on a Tuesday, give a couple of lines on each and every one of those games. So let's start Thursday. Uh, The Rams took down the Vikings 38-31. to This was probably Jared Goff's best game as a pro. Um, Five passing touchdowns, I believe. Five or six. Um, I can check that for you real quick. This was his best game. Uh, Five touchdowns, 465 yards i don't know where the vikings are at right now they put up a good performance but it just wasn't good enough because this is the best team in the nfl the los angeles rams this is the best team in the league and it's very clear now um i don't know how good the vikings are yet uh I think they won a bull. They tied the Packers on kind of a bullcrap call with Clay Matthews. Um, then obviously they got their butts kicked by the uh, Bills uh, two weeks ago, and then they lose again to the Rams. So I don't know where they're at right now. They got a lot of stuff going on off the field. It's kind of a mess right now. But I don't. I'm not going to count them out right now. Right away. So let's go to Sunday, where it was a crazy week, crazy Sunday. We'll start in Atlanta, Cincinnati, taking down the Falcons, 37-36. to 36. I'm going to say the Bengals are a good team. This is a really good team. They're clear contenders right there with the Ravens for NFC North title. Um, I'm not going to completely say that they're great yet, uh, and they're a sure playoff team. And especially when they get to the playoffs, it's going to make me nervous because it's never uh, worked out for them in the past when it comes to the playoffs. Um, but they are playing well. They are playing extremely well. Uh, this offense is loaded. They still don't have Joe Mixon. Um, he'll be back in a couple of weeks, so that's obviously going to add to that. In um, the Falcons, I'm not so sure of them yet. I'm not bought into that uh, team. You know, Calvin Ridley is. One of the best rookies uh, so far you know, through four weeks, and he's had five touchdowns, I believe. Um, and I don't think they've played their best game yet because Julio uh, Jones is not getting involved in this offense. They don't have Freeman at their running back position, uh, and this defense is just brutally injured uh, all across the board. Uh, so I'm not so sure on them yet, um, but I think Cincinnati's a solid team. Then we go to Chicago. They beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 48-10. to it's over. Uh, Fitzmagic season is over. It's officially Winston season again in Tampa Bay. I'm not so sure. I like the move, but it was ugly, ugly first half for the uh, Buccaneers. Trubisky looked good. I'll give him that. But a lot of the throws he was making were wide open type of throws down the field. You know, that pass to Trey Burton. Burton was wide open. There's nobody around him. Um, so everybody willing to give him the uh you know the he's a he's a solid quarterback franchise quarterback tag early this on i'm not so sure of him yet they got a bye week this week so this five town five uh touchdown performance by him is going to be you know i think more overblown than what it is because it wasn't that great uh even though he did put up some good numbers it was against a struggling tampa bay defense um and a lot of the throws were wide open as far as Tampa Bay's quarterback position goes, I'm not so sure what they're going to do yet. Obviously, Winston's going to be their guy. They got a bye week this week, so that's going to help them out. Winston's going to be the guy going forward. Fitzpatrick came in. Uh, if you're going to count this as a start, he went 2-2. Two and two, um, Put up record uh, numbers, You know, 400 passing yards in three straight games. Is, is not easy to do. He's the only pro to ever do that. But obviously, like I said, he does the same thing every year. He starts everybody as soon as people start to buy into the hype, and then next thing you know, he's just, you know, he's crap, and uh, he's sitting back behind the bench. But we'll see. He's probably, I think, the best. The, the is the best backup in the history of the NFL. I don't think that's a, such a stretch to say. He is easily the best backup in the NFL. Because every time you put him in, every time he's forced to come in, he performs really well and takes the starting job. But as soon as he becomes, you know, the, the clear cut starter, he fails. Then we'll go. Next, we'll go to Detroit and Dallas. Dallas got the win 26 24. Um, Dallas finally, I think, fixed this offense. I'm not so sure where I put the Lions or the Cowboys yet, good or bad. Uh, it's going to take another couple of weeks for me to figure that out. But, uh,. The Dallas defense without uh, Sean Lee really kind of stepped up. Uh, Vander Esch, the first-round pick from Boise State, played really well for them. Um, and then as far as the Lions go, I'm not so sure on them yet. Uh, on Johnson had a good game, breakout, rookie game, but he's not. I don't think he's anything yet. Next game, we're going to go to Green Bay, 22 nothing, Green Bay. I know more about this game because I watched this. Buffalo's not good. I think they caught a uh, Vikings team at the right time. I think the Vikings were underestimating them. um, And I think they caught them just at the right time. Josh Allen's a good quarterback. He has no protection around him. And the weapons around him are not great at all. Um, He makes rookie mistakes. He made one play where he was rushing around in the backfield um, for about 10 seconds. And then he threw it up in the middle of the end zone. And J.R. Alexander picked it off. But... Those are the kind of mistakes he makes, those are the kind of mistakes you expect from a rookie, and uh, you need. It, it helps to have a veteran, you know, weapons or an offensive veteran, veteran offensive line around him to, you know, kind of make up for those mistakes, but it's just not working, I don't think, and it's going to take, you know, a couple years of free agent acquisitions and uh, draft picks for them to really put Josh Allen in the right position to succeed. As far as the Packers go, this offense looked stale. It looked rough. Um, the only real spark, Rodgers is off because his knee, I don't, I'm don't. i not going to blame the guy. I mean, he's playing basically on one leg, and uh, a lot of your throws aren't going to be as accurate as you would like because you're playing on one leg. Um, but really, the only spark in this offense was Aaron Jones, second-year running back from UTEP. He was obviously the best running back on the field. Um, in that game, and he only got 12 carries, I think, 80 yards and a touchdown. He was electric. Every time he gets like stuff behind the line, he would make it so where he would get back to the line or he'd get positive yardage. He is a really good player, and if Mike McCarthy doesn't start to play him more, doesn't give him more carries, I'd say Mike McCarthy's seat is going to heat up pretty fast, and he might not be there next year. Indianapolis and Houston. So uh, Houston won an overtime 37-34. to 34. Indianapolis made a really dumb decision Decided to run the ball Instead of kick the field goal I believe um, Don't quote me on that I did not watch that game But uh, Houston finally got their first win They played really well Their defense did not look good Which is Uh Surprising, considering the fact that they invested a little bit in their offseason and they got J.J. Watt and Clowney. J.J. Watt, I think, is a shell of his former self. He's not as good as uh, he's been in years past, just to do, just due to injuries all up and down the board. Um, as far as the the Colts go, I think they have a good team. I think they have an unexperienced head coach who's just going to take a little bit for him to really get, you know, used to being a head coach in the NFL. Uh, luck looked good, though. This defense looked bad like it always is Colts defenses usually aren't great in the past couple of years um but we'll see as we go forward because I'm not sure I put Texans in the done column I believe but I'm not so sure yet Jacksonville at Jacksonville playing the Jets um 31 to 12 the Jaguars took down the Jets at home Blake Bortles played well um coming off a bad week last week they were able to kind of turn it around which is something you're happy to see uh As somebody, especially me, because I picked Jaguars-Packers Super Bowl. Um, I was really happy to see them play well. Jets, they continue to struggle. I think Todd Bowles is on his way out. Uh, i got to talk about this game. New England and Miami. New England won 38-7. I'm done. I'm done rooting against the Patriots. I'm never going to pick against them for the rest of the season and for the rest of this tenure of the show and for the rest of the tenure of the Belichick-Brady combo. Every every year, it's the same thing. And every year, I buy into it. Every year, it's the Patriots are cracking. It's over. It's worse. It's different than last year. It's different than the year before this, this, and this. Because this happened. Or they don't have a good offensive line. They lost this player. They don't have this player. But they always find a way. They're getting Julian Edelman back next week. It's just going to help them. Um, will he be as good as he was beforehand? I'm not so sure. But I'm not counting them out. I'm never picking against them again. The Dolphins aren't. NFC, AFC East contenders, I just, I don't know, I'm, I'm done talking about this, I'm done picking against the Patriots, I'm done uh, making that same mistake over and over and over again. Seattle at Arizona, Seattle won 20-17, did anybody ever really, did anybody watch this game, because I didn't, um, obviously Rosen had a decent first start, he had his first passing touchdown, but I mean, nobody really, you know, watch this game. I think the biggest storyline out of this game was Earl Thomas, which we will talk about. We got a question and answer over that. Um that's something I really wanted to talk about uh, regarding his injury. Next game, Cleveland and Oakland overtime 45 to 42. Um we live in Northeast Ohio. Like I said, um so I get a lot of Browns uh stuff on my Twitter timeline based on who I follow, my friends because a lot of them are Browns fans. Um, and you can feel, you know, the excitement around Baker Mayfield. You can feel it just through the tweets, and you could also feel the the disappointment when they lost. Uh, obviously, me not being a Browns fan, I can look at this from an outside perspective, not a biased perspective. I think they got that first down. Um, I think that was really kind of crazy. They overturned that, but all in all, Baker Mayfield's just not ready to lead this team. Like I said, uh, I think he should have sat him for a year. Um, I think he's Good enough to where he'll lead them to a couple more wins. But I think they should have sat him if they really wanted you know, a lot of uh, improvement out of that position. Um, he made a couple mistakes, a couple of working mistakes. But all in all, he did play well. I'll give him that. And they did do enough to win. Um, but this defense, this Browns defense, this big bad Browns defense, top five defense in the league supposedly. They, they did not play well. 45 points to the Raiders. The Raiders are struggling. Um, but I guess you know they were hungry. And uh, I'll give him that. But still this is not something I want to see if I'm a Browns fan. This was not a good game for all, for any, uh, aspects. The game I did skip over Tennessee and Philadelphia, Tennessee won 26 to 23. Tennessee's good. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it. They're a good team. Mike Vrabel's is a good coach. Uh, he's got balls. Uh, I think we all know that I love Mike Vrabel, former Ohio state, you know, it's basically Ohio state, uh, Ohio state coaching staff, you know, up and down. Um, they played really well. Mariota played well. I I think they're too inconsistent for me to rule them as a good playoff team yet. But uh, you never know um, with this coaching staff. But again, Philadelphia is struggling right now. Philadelphia is a, I think what are the, what is Philadelphia two and two and they got to play the Vikings this week. Uh, that's a tough matchup because the Vikings need a win. They've lost two straight. Um, Philadelphia I think could come back and. Uh, you know, play well again. Wentz is still working through some things. Uh, ACL injury is difficult to get through, but we'll see as time progresses. Chargers and San Francisco. Chargers won 29-27. to C.J. Beathard put up a pretty decent stat line. Um, everybody was kind of counting him out, but he went out there, he threw two passing touchdowns. He had two interceptions, um, but he did do enough to put them in the position to win. And uh, But the Chargers are The Chargers are just too talented for the uh, 49ers, who are a shell of what they were coming into the offseason, coming into this season. Um, I think it's just going to get worse and worse for the 49ers. I don't think Beathard will continue to play this well. Um, I'm not sure Uh, they have the Cardinals next week, which is a good opportunity for them to win. But still, I'm not so sure on that yet. Next game. New Orleans and the Giants New Orleans won 33 to 18 if I'm the Giants I'm I'm very confused as what as to what they are doing um, because this team played well last week with sitting um, uh, Eric flowers and switching up that offensive line but this offense is stale it's boring they need to get the ball to Odell some more maybe they got he got se- he had seven catches for only 60 yards Um... He just really needs to get involved, I think, and that's going to help them out a lot. Saquon Barkley is a very dynamic player, um, but this offense is stale. I think it's time to move on from Eli Manning. Uh, I think that's obvious in the draft this you know upcoming year. They got to go after a quarterback. They can't do this where they pick a quarterback in like the second or fourth third round. Um, somebody who's like the. Fifth or sixth-ranked quarterback. They need to go out there and get a big-name guy, and I think that's going to really help them. And you know, kind of inject some new life into this. I think they have the perfect opportunity because I think if Eli stays one more year, they can sit uh, that quarterback behind Eli and uh, let him learn for a year. And I think that's going to really help them because I think Eli's the type of guy who would really you know help out a young guy. Sunday night game: Baltimore and Pittsburgh, twenty-six to fourteen. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. I think is, you know, they caught a bad uh, Tampa Bay team, and then they got lucky versus the Browns. Pittsburgh, I think, is still dealing with the off-the-field issues, although we got some rumors that Le'Veon Bell might show up Week 7. Those aren't confirmed. Um, in terms of how I see them going forward, I see them being the third team in this NFC North, uh, which is a really... A big disappointment for most Steelers fans who expected this team to be in the Super Bowl. Um, I think the Bengals and the Raiders and the Ravens showed us that they are the two best teams in the NFC North. Um, I'm sorry, Browns fans. I'm just not ready to post you as a you know contender in the North, even though it is a pretty tight division, and you could prove me wrong. Next game, we're going to talk about the last game: Kansas City and Denver. Kansas City uh, won 27 to 23. Patrick Mahomes is the guy i think for kansas city he this was his really first tough test on the road prime time in a really hard place to play in denver um and he played well he showed us that i think he's ready to lead this team um you know the first couple weeks could have been seen as kind of a mirage uh where people start to buy into the hype and then he fails But he's playing well. He didn't have the best game. He didn't have crazy stats last night, but he didn't throw any interceptions. He had a couple touchdowns. Kareem Hunt stepped up. This team is really good. Their defense stepped up last night. I'm not sure where it ranked the Broncos yet um, because it is so early, but I'm going to post the Chiefs as a really good team, probably second, but right behind the Rams. So that was NFL Week 4. We had a lot of storylines we want to get to. We will get to in a second here. Um, but it was a great week. I think order is kind of restored in the NFL. Um, we're slowly, it's not there yet, slowly starting to get a picture of who the good teams and who the bad teams are. Um, we're still not even close to a clear picture yet, but it's, we're slowly wiping the fog off the mirror. We're getting a reflection. We're slowly seeing who's good and who's bad. And I think as the weeks go, we're going to see that a little bit more. So the NFL was full NFL week four was full of a ton of different storylines uh, and action. Um, I did want to touch about a couple of these stories. The biggest one probably is Earl Thomas and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they're kind of similar. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in question and answer. Cause we did get a question about that. Um, so I'm going to talk about that a little later in the show, but like I said earlier, Julian Edelman will be back next week. We're getting a lot of guys back from suspension. Um, I didn't write it down, just to name a few off the top of my head. We're getting perfect back. Um, Mark Ingram's coming back, and then obviously Julian Edelman. So, those are the three biggest names, probably. Um, you know, pretty controversial guys. Uh, we'll all be back for uh, next week. Um, how is this going to impact the team? Well, the we'll start with the Bengals. They're getting perfect back. Uh, he's that leader of that defense. He's got to clean it up, though. If, if he doesn't, uh, I think this is going... He'll get it... He's quick to get suspensions, um, so he's got to kind of clean it up. Uh, but when he does, he's one of the best, you know, linebackers in the NFL. Um, but teams are going to be gunning for him, I think, so he's got to watch out for that, keep his cool. Uh, Mark Ingram coming back to the Saints, that's a huge addition for them. Uh, Kamara's been a, a really good player, straight-up stud, um, one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the NFL so far this season. Um... And then they're going to be getting Mark Ingram, who's one of the best running backs last year. Back, you know, getting their two-headed monster back is going to be huge. Um, they've been it's, they signed a couple guys to try to fill in for Ingram, um, but it hasn't worked out so well. Um, Kamara's been the lead guy, and they've had a couple other filling guys, um, but none of them even come close to what Mark Ingram can provide the Saints with. Uh, he's a great change of down, change change of pace back with Kamara. Um, and as far as Edelman goes, it's been what close to two years since he's been on the field is the super bowl two years ago. Um, you know, Edelman is a huge part of what the Patriots do. He's a huge part of the Patriot offense, the Patriot kind of creed um, on the offense. Um, and then you got Josh Gordon, who's going to be, you know, he played a little bit last week, but he's going to get a little bit more acclimated into the system. So that's just going to help them out too. So hopefully this is, all these guys are going to stay on the field. We got a couple other smaller names, but hopefully, all these guys can stay on the field and stay healthy uh, and stay out of trouble. Um, because these three names, you know, we can dive into the list a little bit more, maybe on a later show if you would like. Um, are just going to impact these teams in such a positive way, um, and it's going to uh, help out each team respectively. So we're going to move now to some college football talk. We had a crazy week. Um, in college football, I think what are we at week five now. Um, that was week five. We had some pretty good top 10 matchups, top fit 25 matchups. Um, and we'll start in Happy Valley with the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Penn State Nickney Lions. So this game was crazy because Penn State playing Penn State a night primetime game is not easy. When they do the whiteout game especially it's not easy at all. And uh, I think it, they made that clear early on. This was Haskins' first really true road test. I know he beat TCU on the road, but uh, playing TCU at a neutral site—even though neutral, it wasn't Texas, but it wasn't TCU's stadium—playing te- TCU at a neutral site um, isn't the same as playing, you know, Penn State in Penn State. It's one of the toughest places to play in college football, and I think it made it clear on uh, Saturday night. So going into that game, Haskins, nobody really knew what he could do, and he struggled early on, uh, but he played well, he settled down, he played well, was able to give us the win, give Ohio State the win. Shout out to my guy Chase Young, he stepped up for Ohio State, with Bosa out, you know, nobody really knew, the last couple of years when Ohio State's won, it's been because of a Bosa, you know, Joey Bosa took over the Penn State game a couple years ago, Nick Bosa played really well last year for us, um... But this year, Chase Young was that terror on the defense for Ohio State. He was making play after play, um, especially on that fourth and five where they decided to run the ball. Made no sense. He made a huge stop for Ohio State, and I think that's why we he he's pretty much single-handedly won us that game. Other games, Clemson-Syracuse. Syracuse is for real, I think. They lost, obviously, 27-23 to um, to a really good Clemson team. Um, Syracuse is a solid team uh they won't be ranked i don't think they are ranked but they are a good team sorry about that as far as uh clemson goes they went with Trevor Lawrence he got hurt they had to turn to the, to the freshman Chase Bryce who played pretty well actually you know this is kind of a tough situation you know you go into a game where you're losing um you have to pretty much win this game and then you end up you know kind of struggling um but he played well. He was able to give Syracuse uh, some troubles, and he was able to get the win. But Syracuse's offense just wasn't up to par in terms of Clemson's defense. Uh, so I think that's that also helped. But I think Clemson, they dropped. Ohio State moved to four. Clemson moved to three. Uh, a couple other games, not much I wanted to talk about. Uh, Michigan struggled. Notre Dame played well versus Stanford. They won 38-17. to Uh, I think Notre Dame is a pretty good team. I think they're for real. I think they're a top five, easily playoff contender. Um, In terms of right now what my playoffs are, I think it goes Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Clemson, it's tough for me to put them in there. I'm not sure I want to, so I'm going to put Notre Dame right there. I think they're a pretty good team. But I think Oklahoma battles with them too. Uh, so, I, I know I'm going to go Oklahoma, so I'd go Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oklahoma as my playoffs. So, we're going to move now. That's the end of the football talk. We're going to move now to some uh, baseball talk. We had a crazy last couple of days in baseball that I really wanted to get into, and then a little bit of basketball because preseason's opening up, and then we'll get the question and answer. But before that, I'm here to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, Ace has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, Ace constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Uh, turn to A's. Trust me, your lawn, your home will never look better. Uh, Trust A's for all your landscaping needs, and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392. Again, 330-241-2392. And the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service, LLC, you grow it, we cut it. So let's talk some baseball. What a wild last couple of days it's been, like I said it would be. Um, We had two... 163 games, game 163, which never ha- it's very rare to have two, even if it is to have one. So we'll start with Milwaukee and Chicago. Milwaukee won three to one, um, and then the Dodgers and Rockies. Uh, the Rockies lost two to five. So both teams. Um, so we got the Cubs and the Rockies playing in the wild card game today, um, tonight actually. We got Kyle Freeland versus John Lester. Um, We could dive a little bit more into these uh, play-in games, uh, these tiebreaker games, but we're going to talk about these wildcard games tonight because it is going to be so much fun. The wildcard games are one of the most exciting things of all sports. Playoff baseball is exciting in itself, but to have a one-game do-or-die situation, it's probably not the best way to determine who's the best team, um, but it is an exciting way to do it. I'm gonna, I know a lot of people here are going to choose the Cubs in this first game, this Rockies-Cubs, but I like the Rockies a lot. I think the Rockies are one of the better teams. Um, I think the Cubs, they're both down a pitcher, and that, that hurts a lot, and it's going to hurt them come the next series. I think the Rockies' offense is really, really good. You could put it right up there with the Cubs. The Cubs also have some good offense, but their pitching is just not what it was in the past couple of years. Um, You know, you saw in their late playoff runs, you know, they had dominant relievers uh, who you were scared to face, and they had a really good starting rotation. They just don't have that anymore. Um, And I think the Rockies have a little bit better pitching. Again, they're kind of the same team. They've got, you know, big name guys, um, MVP candidates, uh, but in terms of their bullpen and their starting pitching, it's not. Great. Uh, I think Kyle Friedland is a better pitcher than John Lester, um, in my opinion. I think that's going to help them out a lot. Uh, Freeland this year is 17 and 7. He's got 2.85 ERA, and then Lester's 18 and 6 with a 3.32 ERA. Um, both of which are pretty decent records. Uh, they're their number two guys. Obviously, they pitched their number one guys in the last game, so it's gonna they're gonna come at a disadvantage next game because they played. You know, two extra games, whoever wins this game. Um, you know, I think it's. I believe it's in Chicago, um, so that's going to uh, really help out the Cubs a lot. But I think Cubs fans are, are a little, little lost right now. I think the Cubs are a little lost. They are going through a rough patch right now in this season. Uh, they've lost in you know, the last couple of games. They were up in this division. They had a huge opportunity to really step up and make a, uh, you know, a clear you know lead in this division they were they were fighting it fighting off the brewers all season and then finally at the last minute they dropped it and let it go um and i think that really bums them out and is really going to play a factor in their psyche going forward throughout this game in terms of the rockies the rockies have been fighting and clawing with the dodgers all season two um and they're kind of in the same boat but i think the rockies have a little bit more of a you know motivation to win this game um they haven't really had much success in the playoffs, and I think they finally want to break that this year and uh, get a win. So it's going to be a good game. And then we'll go to the next game, which I think is going to be the best game: uh, the Oakland Athletics versus the New York Yankees. That's at eight oh eight on Monday on, on Wednesday. Uh, it's at it's at New York. Um, it's at the Yankees. Uh, I don't think they haven't announced pitching yet. Um, what it's assumed is that the A's are going to do kind of a bullpen type of start, which is interesting in a wildcard game, but the A's don't really have that ace since Manea got hurt. Um, and then there, I think the Yankees are going to go Severino. That would make the most sense. He is their ace. Um, don't quote me on that if things change. Uh, that's the problem, though, I think. I think we all want to see a uh, – I want the A's to win. I really like the Oakland Athletics. I think they're one of the most exciting teams in baseball, which is surprising. Um, I really, really, really would like to see the A's win. Also, because I really am not a big Yankees fan. I I freaking hate the Yankees so much. Uh, the A's have been one of these teams that they have they're sneaky, sneakily, sneakily good. Um, they got a lot of good players. Chris Davis has quietly put up insane numbers. I think he's had. Let me look this up real quick. Uh, he's leading the league in home runs, um, but oh, it's gonna take me a second. He's leading the league in home runs with 48. He led the league in home runs because the regular season's <laughs> over. But uh, and he's quietly put those type of numbers up. Um, you know, New York's not an easy place to play. They have the pitching, they have the big names, um, but they've underachieved a little bit this year, largely in part to. Uh, you know, the Red Sox playing so well. Um, so going forward, I'm not exactly sure uh, who's going to win. I think this is if this was a series, I would easily give the Yankees it just because of the pitching. And I'm going to give the Yankees the advantage due to that pitching. Uh... I'm gonna give them the advantage in this game. Although the A's have been surprising team all of the year, I think they could surprise us here and win this game. And that would completely flip uh, my perceptions of the A's, you know, completely around. So we got two wildcard games, like I said, uh, Rod- Rockies and Dodgers and Rockies and Dodgers. Rockies and Cubs and the Athletics and the Yankees. Two really good games. Wildcard uh, baseball is one of the most exciting aspects of baseball, not just baseball, of sports. Um, so look forward to that. We got a good game tonight. We got a good game tomorrow. Um, and I think we go right into it on Thursday with the NL. And then the AL starts on Friday. The Indians play at 4 o'clock, which I kind of hate. I don't really want to see the Indians play at 4, but, you know, what are you going to do? you um, got to play what time they tell you to play. So. But other than that, baseball is... Going to be increasing your soon, especially playoff news. Um, Thursday show, we're gonna go through every single wild card game and just break it down for you. Um, we'll probably lead off the show with that uh, instead of doing football. Uh, next thing we wanna talk about in baseball was a pretty recent story, which was the Twins decided to fire Paul Molitor um, after four years. I mean that's kind of a slight surprise um, because the Twins were in the playoffs last year. They were kind of a disappointment this year after reaching the wild card game. Um, you know, he got an extension off of that, but you know, they went 78 and 84 this season, had a pretty bad losing record. Um, so I think this is kind of over for him. Um, I guess they're talking about maybe moving him to a front office role. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what they do here, uh, in terms of hiring. Cause you know, now the angels also fired Mike Sosha. Um, so there is a lot of big names, big positions available. Um, I think, the Angels are probably the most attractive spot because they have a lot more talent than what the Twins have. But the Twins, they, they have a, they have a pretty decent amount of talent. So it's going to be interesting to see um, what we do uh, in the next couple of uh, games here. Next couple of months here, sorry. Um... We're going to move now to basketball, but before that, obviously our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. Uh, D's Home Cuts is the best place around Northeast Ohio to get a haircut at a low and fair price. Um, $7, you can get a fresh new haircut um, and style all from Dom and his uh, business, D's Home Cuts. So after, on Friday, me and Truman went to see Dom. Um, we haven't gotten a cut in a pretty long time due to school. It got a little crazy, but we decided to, to go ahead and see Dom. Um, got right in, uh, texted him on Thursday night, got right in, got the time. And we both gotten fresh new haircuts, um, and they never looked or felt better. My, my, I feel so great when you get a fresh haircut. Nothing better when you get a fresh haircut because, you know, you're looking your best, you're feeling your best, and that's all that comes with getting a haircut at these home cuts um you know he can i kind of got the same thing i usually get but it just gets better every single time because he's always upgrading his equipment and he's always learning new things truman switched his up and it looks great he knows what to give you even if you're not sure so turn to d's and trust me you will not be disappointed uh our guy brian was on the he has been on the show a couple times he was a little nervous about uh going to D's um, but he decided to do it after he had a pretty bad haircut and now he is a full-blown D's client because that's what Don does he brings you in you realize you know why am I going to barbershop down the street that's making me pay $30 when I can do $7 and get an even better haircut so turn to A's, trust me you won't be disappointed find him on Instagram at D's Home Cuts go ahead and look through all his videos all his you know Different stuff you can set up an appointment right there in his bio. Send him a DM asking questions. You won't be disappointed, guys. Turn days and trust me, you won't be disappointed. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So let's get to some NBA talk. NBA preseason is in full swing. Um, we've seen a couple of guys had some pretty good performances. Uh, guys like Markel Fultz, Luka Doncic, Mo um, Bamba played well last night. Uh, so there's been a lot of pretty good performances. Um... We're not gonna talk about that just yet. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit more on the next show um, because a lot of teams haven't debuted yet, haven't debuted yet. Um, you know, we're still waiting on Melo. He's coming back. He's gonna debut with the Rockets soon. Um, so before everybody you know shows up, starts playing, I don't really want to talk about that yet. But there's one story I wanted to talk about in uh, the NBA: uh, J.R. Smith. Uh, I guess he got a letter from the NBA that said if he doesn't cover up his tattoo on his leg, he's going to be fined every single game he doesn't do it. So the tattoo is uh, Supreme. Supreme is a clothing brand that's pretty popular. It's getting pretty popular now um, among NBA players especially. You saw a guy like uh, Kelly Oubre wore a shooting sleeve, Supreme shooting sleeve, and he got fined, I think, for that because they don't partner with the NBA. So... Uh, Smith got a tattoo that says Supreme on his leg, and I guess he's going to get fined every single game that he doesn't cover that up. I guess the NBA, um, in some sort of contract that you sign when you become a player, they own your skin when you're on the floor, is basically what it states. Saying that you can't, you know, do something to your skin, um, because the NBA owns it. If that make it doesn't make sense, but if that makes sense slowly as to why they're doing it, um... So guys can't get tattoos of different brands on their self, um, especially if those brands aren't partnered with the NBA. Because the NBA, if you're on TV and you are uh, an NBA player, you cannot wear a certain brand. Um, they look they look at that, I guess. I don't know. I guess seeing a Supreme tattoo on J.R. Smith is going to make people want to buy Supreme. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's a stupid rule. I think most people think it's a stupid rule. I don't think a, a brand, a, a organization should own you, should own your skin. Sorry, that's that's my dog. Um, an organization shouldn't own your skin, uh, especially, you know, like this. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think J.R. Smith should have to cover it up every single game. Um, it's not going to be that difficult to cover up, but still, I, I think this is a stupid uh, rule. Again, it's just organizations making dumb moves. Another thing I want to talk about—we're getting into question and answer now. Uh, we had a question. You know, what's our thoughts on the Le'Veon Bell situation now that uh, Earl Thomas went out? So I think a lot of people's views changed on the Earl Thomas situation um, and the Le'Veon Bell situation due to what happened on Sunday. So on Sunday, Earl, so a little bit of backstory: Le'Veon Bell, like we said, he's been holding out. I guess he'll come back week seven, is what people are saying. Um, but what people no, basically so far is you know Le'Veon Bell has been holding out um, because he wants a long-term deal he wants a long-term deal he doesn't care who it's with he just wants to get paid he wants to make sure that his family is going to be secure if for some reason he has some freak injury and he's out for the rest of his career he wants to make sure he has the money in the bank to be able to support his family um, so he wants that long-term guaranteed money Uh, Just in case, because again, he's going out there every single week and he's putting his body on the line uh, for these organizations. uh, And he wants to make sure that if something were to happen to him, he would get paid like Shazier. Shazier got hurt. Uh, Shazier, they're paying him a little bit now. Not as much as they would if he was playing, Um, but, you know, something like that. a Life changing type of injury. Um, So now a guy like Earl Thomas is in the same boat, um, but the only difference is he decided to not pulled out the whole season and he came back and he played um each game for the seahawks and he played well uh he's i think he has a couple interceptions and he's looking uh like one of these you know all pro safeties that we know from him because he's a six-time pro bowler and he's only 30 years old so anyways fast forward to sunday um and also earl thomas has been very adamant about uh you know, this this type of situation. He said he wants to get traded if they're not going to pay him. Um, and he doesn't feel like he should have to play this season if he doesn't have a long-term deal. But again, franchise tag rules um, kind of state that he does have to play. So he's out there every single game playing. And he's playing his ass off. Um, but Sunday, the unthinkable happened. He broke his leg, I guess. And he as he's getting carted off, he you know voiced his negativity towards the Seattle organization by... Flipping them the middle finger uh, on the cart riding in till halftime. Riding into uh, the locker room. A lot of people are going to see this in a certain way. They're going to say, oh, that's immature. You know, that's an uh, emotional type of situation. You look at a guy like Tyler Eifert, who's kind of in the same uh, boat. You know, he had a season-ending injury, um, and he was positive about it. But I think Earl Thomas is in the right here. Uh, Earl Thomas stated that he wants to get paid. I think what we're seeing now is we're seeing fans take the side of the owners um, more and more, which is, if you really look at it, that's not the way you should go if you're really for the everyman. These guys work their butts off, and they make these owners a lot of money, and they deserve to get paid a decent amount of that money. Uh, And now God knows what's going to happen to Earl Thomas. He may be out for the rest of his career. He may be out for the rest of the season. Um, Certainly... He's going to be impacted. His his pay is going to be impacted. He's not going to get paid as much because he is, you know, a safety who just broke his leg last year. Um, So shame on the Seattle Seahawks organization. They should have paid him or they should have traded him. Um, You know, they they just used him basically just to, uh, you know, hold down that secondary, and they just didn't respect him. They didn't pay him enough. Uh, I, I heard somebody. I can't remember who one of the main, you know, announcers It might have been NFL Network said that that picture of Earl Thomas, you know, holding that middle finger up on that sideline to the sidelines is a uh, kind of the door shutting on the Seattle Seahawks, you know, past that they're no longer the Legion of Boom. That was really the last piece of the Legion of Boom getting carted off the field. And I think that kind of shut the door. The Seattle of the old days is no longer. And I think it's over for them. And that's sad as being a, If you're a seattle fan but you know shame on them for not paying him and i think a lot more people came to Le'Veon bell's side after uh that uh game going forward though i like to see more fans you know support the players because i think the players are the ones um who we should be supporting not those owners um but again it's going to take a little bit for people to really figure it out uh people who really complain about this are people who really don't understand how things work um but that's it today for the show. We want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. We ask that you go onto iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review us, and subscribe. Go to follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12. That's where you can um, you know, send us questions you want us to answer on the show. DM us anything you want to be a guest, anything you really want to talk about uh we can talk about um comments concerns whatever uh follow us on 12 ounce you can list us tom- tomorrow on 12 ounce from 12 from 7 to 8 a.m um find us anywhere you know you we're trying to get on more platforms but you can uh let's us on itunes and then 12 ounce other than that have a great day and tune in on thursday uh where we will go through the game picks. I want to talk about the Ryder Cup a little bit. We didn't get to talk about that today. And a couple other things. Other than that, have a great day. Tune in on Thursday. Thanks, guys.